It's Tia. It's been a Mississippi minute, but we bite, baby. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Ja. And yep, we back at it like a crack addict. It's your girl, Jiggy, a.k.a. Tanika. Listen, pull up on us. It's time to cut up, because we back. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Koji, and we're back. Pink Sunday Radio. Well, hello, 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 everyone. We're back, y'all. We are back, except we're on what? Video. So I have my girl, Tia. Hello, hello, hello. Have my girl, Ja, down there. Hey, girl. What's up, Pink Posse? <laughs> and I have my girl, Jiggy. What's hey, up? y'all. What's up? <laughs> okay, so, you know, we're a little CPT today. Okay, okay, but you know when when you move audio to video, that happens, right? So thank you so much, Pink Posse, who held it down for us on YouTube comments. And we're gonna get started, you guys. Happy Pride, happy Pride, sending all you guys love and peace. And at the very beginning, top of the hour, we have our new black icon of the week. Okay, and who is that? Pink Sunday Radio celebrates Pride Month 2023 by highlighting Black queer icons in entertainment. He's been called the father of Black gay cinema, and over the course of his career, he spearheaded groundbreaking work like Punks, Noah's Ark, and The Skinny. As a queer kid growing up in um, the South, you know, in the 80s, um, I found solace in television and film and um, at a very young age uh, decided that's what I wanted to do. Um, I think Spike Lee kind of came on the scene when I was in maybe junior high school and that that solidified, okay, that's what that, that's what that life is. That's what that career is. I grew up on these amazing sitcoms that featured four really great women, you know, of course, starting with the Golden Girls, then Designing Women, and eventually Sex in the City. And so I thought, I want to see a show like this, but about us. <laughs> Noah? That became Noah's Ark. And I, what's great now is 15 years later, I have, you know, young gay men in their 20s and telling me that, oh, when I was 15 or 16, I discovered your TV show, Noah's Art. Mm -hmm. And it showed me when I was confused and trying to figure out what, what my sexuality was, it showed me that there is a way forward. There's a way to be a happy, healthy, successful, gay black man contributing to society, you know, to, to have love, to have children, to have a, a, a career. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot to me. <laughs> Patrick, one of the best. So that is our Black icon of the week. And so expect the same next week, okay? Um, let's move on to Jaws. Yes, yes, indeed. JT and the Pink Posse said shout out to Pat. So, Ja, you're going to be giving us our disclaimer before we get started, correct? Correct as usual. <laughs> so... <laughs> The views and opinions expressed are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. Pink Sunday Radio is rated mature for language and subject matter, so viewer and listener discretion is advised. 
And that is for sure. I think we've made very clear that we do not hold back. Okay. And we uh, definitely mature language. So I want to let you guys know that since we are on video now, things are a little bit different. We don't too much interact with each other live chat like um, Blog Talk Radio. However, because we are streaming via Twitch, via YouTube and Facebook, as well as YouTube, y'all can get in the comments there and we see your comments here on StreamYard. Okay, Twitter is a little bit different even though they don't come directly to us, still leave your Twitter comments and we will try to get over there and pull them from there as well, okay? So although it's a little bit different, and if you do wanna join us, the link will be available. I think Tanika will get the link out there or whatever, you can use that link, then that will bring you backstage and then we'll see you backstage and we will bring you, on, bring you in if you have anything you want to say, okay? All right, cool. So that's that's what we wanted to let you know. All right. Okay, so we have some fun segments, you guys. Things are going to be a little bit different. Y'all are used to us just kind of going through everything, seeing the scene. But this, this time, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. We have some fun things. So 104, you guys, the trap. We're going to do some ratings this time, okay? We're going to rate the episode. So what do you girls think? So what are we thinking? Rate the episode. Do one of y'all want to tell them? I will like tell the them the ratings. ratings. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that was me in my head. All right. So we've got five ratings. Um, the first one is, and we did it in mics to kind of go with the P Valley theme. So the first one is one mic, and that's Unks Chicken and Dressing. The second one is two mics, and that's sit on my lap slaw. The third one is three mics, and that's Ernestine's neck bones. Some might argue with that three, but we gave it a three. The mm. fourth mic is weed wings or lemon pepper wet, because y'all know Jiggy don't like lemon pepper, so we had Show to have down. weed wings in there, and that's four mics. And five mics is murder, smother, poke, chops, candy yams, collard greens, and cornbread. So those are the ratings. Can I just interject before we get started? Now y'all know Ernstine neck bones. What? Wasn't that good? They was better than the dressing and sit on my lap. <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, oh God, I was gonna let it ride. Sit on my lap, gang. But I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Sit on my lap is a banger. Sit on my I don't lap, know what y'all yeah. talking about. Where y'all sit on my lap, gang? Y'all really be in the chat. Sit on my lap. I need to sit on my lap, gang, in the chat right now. Let us know where you at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so so as far as one hundred and four, because it's such a pivotal episode, like it's a, such a transitional episode. Um, and I, I really love this episode, you guys. The way Mississippi was on the pole, it, the acting was great. The, the, the cinematography was great. Jukebox was great. <laughs> fighting for its life. <laughs> <laughs> fighting for its life. Yes, it was, fight, it was fighting for its life, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was. It was a one. So I, I'm gonna have to go with a. 
little pork chop, little little candy yams. You know, I really am gonna yeah. have to get us a five whole mites. The highest rating you can give it? Because I mean, four was what? What was four? Put that back on the screen. What was four? Four mics oh, is wee wings, <laughs> lemon <laughs> pepper, wait, whichever you up. prefer. This <laughs> right. wings or lemon pepper wet. <laughs> I like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it a four because I, you know what? Yeah, because you know what? I'm gonna save my five. So I, I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it a four, Mike. I'm gonna give it a wee wang. I'm gonna give it a wee wang. Yeah. I agree. That's what I got. I, I can't do the wang. lemon pepper because I don't like no savory <laughs> nut and lemon. Get that off my plate. <laughs> so and I, it's not, it's not, um, uh, uh, Big L's we was was Big L making wee wings? I don't know. It's not his version of the wee wings. It's murder's wee wings. Like right. this, mm-hmm. this episode is is up there, probably, probably top five for me, but not quite five mics. Like some right. real pivotal stuff happened this episode. Murder's life kind of started changing. Mississippi's life kind of started changing. So yeah, it's up there for me. It's up One there. One of the best. Has I haven't really Counting out my top five, but I think it would probably be in the top five if I had to do it. Yeah, 100%. So okay. it's funny that you say you haven't counted out your top five because I was, I'm was i surprised at all these four mics because I thought I was going to be coming in as like, like the outsider with four mics. And I kept, in my mind, it's like it should be a five mic episode mm-hmm. because... So much great things happen, ex- ex- except for, you know, of course, the Mercedes Patrice thing. But for some reason, I kept going back and I kept landing on four mics. And I do like lemon pepper wet. So my four mics <laughs> lemon pepper wet. But I was thinking I really wanted to sit down and go over like what my episodes were because mm-hmm. what would be a five mic episode and we don't have time to discuss that now. I know but- <laughs> my two five mic episodes. I like I, I know my top three. One- but yeah, I do. So I'm four mics too, lemon pepper mm-hmm. wig. Yeah, yeah. So can I do a like a 4.5? Can I be like a wee wang with a little sweet, you know, a little yam on the side? Okay. 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 That's my song. It made me choke mm. up inside. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like it made yeah. me feel That's something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then when that jukebox got assaulted, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Com- with the combo plate, you know what I'm saying? Because that that yeah. uh that two-piece spicy that Mercedes gave her mama in that episode mm-hmm. too. It yeah. was like it started off a little bit, you know, dry and egg ball. I was like, all right, it's cool. Then it eased up into some weed wings. I was feeling high for baby by the end. You was good. Jams was coming through. You was satisfied. So, yeah. Like you okay. You Let will. me ask you this: since you did the combo plate, was mm-hmm. it the type of episode that made you go to sleep? You know how the Thanksgiving place be so good that you yeah. go to sleep after. <laughs> And I, it was the kind of episode that made me do a little happy dance. You know, when you get that good food and you be like, oh, okay. But but yeah. it ain't make you, it ain't make you, it ain't put you to sleep though. That's what that's what I'm talking about. Maybe so, after the third time I watched it, but then we yeah. talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after that, yeah. I went to sleep on there. Like, ah, Lee, that was a good night for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. giving it five full mics. Okay. I, I see it. 
I see why people would. Because right. like I said, I had trouble trying to figure out if I wanted four or five, but I was like, for some reason, yeah. I cannot give this episode a five. And I love it. Like, this is an episode I can just watch. Like, oh, I'm watching P-Valley today. And yeah. I can just go to this episode and watch it. It's one I of those, but I don't know. But I see why people can give it a five. Mm-hmm. You don't see it, Tanika? For me, five mics is the best it can get. To me, there can only be maybe two or three at the most five mic episodes. Mm-hmm. It would have to be an episode that you would like put in your top three without hesitation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to me, I mean, there's four or five episodes I would put above it. It might be in my top mm-hmm. five if I went down the list, but it's not mm. top three. Like I know the top four three or five top would head. be above this. You have like five episodes that would be above this one. I can think of it four. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Like, I love this episode, but it's not snow to me. It's not. Baby. A good penultimate episode. That was one of my fives. And that was my, like, when it's not snow, and snow is definitely one of my five, my It's not last call for alcohol for me either. Last call for alcohol Mm -hmm. was good. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. You got to leave room for the ceiling. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you do have to leave room for the ceiling. I agree. If I was a teacher, I would be one of those teachers that don't give nobody A's. So I'm kind of like that. You know what, ma'am? You got to work hard to get my five mics. You know what, ma'am? See, you that teacher that you that teacher that people skip class. (laughs) Well, hopefully you don't need it to graduate. Because um, my grades you, are my grades. <laughs> yeah, you that teacher that probably ain't gonna get that extra credit, girl. They go to her Miss T. Miss T and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay then. All right, we can move on. I think we got something else that's coming that's gonna be real far. Are you an everyday hustler? Are you always on your steady grind? Are you a black storyteller that matters? Check out actor and philanthropist J. Alphonse Nicholson's signature apparel line at fivegrinds.com and pick up a t-shirt, hoodie, and book bag and tell the world who you are. That's F-I-V-E grinds.com. Okay, 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 PSR. Okay, (laughs) you know, my five grinds. Okay, I'm I'm waiting, I'm waiting, y'all. I'm so excited for this big bag, this book bag. I don't think y'all understand because somebody who works in healthcare, all we do is carry book bags, lunch kits, wet scrubs. So I'm really excited for this drop. I I need y'all to be coming through for my boy. I don't have no reason to wear a book bag nowhere, but I will be wearing one. But you will. But you will. Figure out where to wear it. Mm -hmm. I don't always want to carry a purse. So let me get that book bag. And and I'm going to need some of them sweatshirts soon. So I'm going to definitely be tapping in because your your girl is going to a different climate. Okay. Oh, you are. It is hot here, girl. Hot. Well, <laughs> it's probably going to be comfortable to me. Oh, from Phoenix. What, yeah. Yeah. That's because true. of the, where we're at. So that temperature is still going to be a drop. That's so true. I'm going to be rocking them uh, 
steady grind hoodies and stuff. Yeah. And... Mm. Oh, it's gonna be a drop in temperature. We're gonna be out here like, oh my god, you be like, what are y'all talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Right. It was hot. I'm gonna be like, no, it's real, real comfortable around here. Comfortable, I'm glad yeah. it's real comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, so look, like I told y'all, new segments. And I think last night, even on the timeline, mm-hmm. Tanika, you brought it up, right? About devil's advocate, what other angle we can look at about this Pico murder situation. And so we got a new segment, you guys. Devil's Advocate. All right. Murder and Pico. As we know, murder goes <laughs> over there in his uh Christmas tree colors, but he rocking Gucci. And um <laughs> know what the fuck you talking about. Right. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. I'm rocking Gucci. And you know, like, now that I'm thinking about, like, when I watched it last night, I was thinking about the whole devil's advocate and looking at it from a different perspective. And it's like, you know, CFC, do y'all think CFC is kind of like an older, established game? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. being that that's the case, it's like, yeah, you you got to respect that young nigga. You know what I'm saying? You you got to respect that. And but murder is very ego driven, very like shit. It is what it is. Baby, I'm watching Gucci. I can come over here and all this kind of stuff, because in his mind, it's all about his music. In his mm-hmm. mind, it's all about mm-hmm. his mind and coming up. He's not even looking at the respect part. And so I think he was like, okay, cool. DJ Never Scared ain't going to play it. I'm going to find another angle. And that's Sadie's. Not even thinking about that line of respect. Maine stops him. And Pico is looking at the situation. And at first I was just like, okay, Pico, you need to relax. It ends up turning to a fight. But then I'm like, you know what? Pico was kind of looking out for him a little bit. Like, maybe he was like, you know what? Like, yeah, he was disrespectful to you. I'm looking out for you. Like, I feel like if something would have jumped off over there, Pico would have bum rushed the place and, and shit probably would have beat up Maine. So, I don't know. What I don't y'all know about think? Pico beating up Maine. Um, <laughs> Girl, okay. He was a he was I got tag questions. Team. I like, why you swinging now? You wasn't, them niggas was talking to you real crazy over there. And you told them niggas to have a nice night. But you come over here and now you swinging for what? What I said? I didn't say nothing. I, I mean, the treat, the street said you everybody's punk. I was just relaying the message. I didn't. I ain't do nothing. Why you swinging on me? Ooh, wait a minute. You didn't have no beef for them. You didn't want no smoke with a rival gang. They was talking to you wild crazy in front of Mercedes. Mm. And you walked away like it wasn't nothing and came and sat down in your seat. <laughs> I, I'm not understanding why you mad Ooh. now all of a sudden. What happened? What I said? I didn't do nothing. Mm. Why you my, my devil's advocate for this situation is, you know how we talk about how Pico was shocked when murder like swung. Mm-hmm. So he know, they know they mamas, they sisters, they babies and stuff. So it sounds like they've been like A1s for a long time. So I feel like Pico wasn't like trying to sun murder. I feel like Pico was like, 
Why I'm hearing about your sexuality on the streets and not like you, my boy, we done grown up together. We done all this. Why I have to feel hear about this on the streets. And this is finally him saying like, what's up? Why you haven't told me? And that's why he was so shocked when murder punched him. Cause he's thinking they about to have like a man to man, boy to boy, like, Hey, you should have told me instead of just mm-hmm. like hiding it this whole time. And then when murder reacted the way he did, that's why Pico ended up doing what he did because he was truly hurt. Like he wasn't trying to some murder it was like what's up you my boy why are you keeping secrets like this for me so that's my mm. devil's advocate for this situation hmm. i've been trying real hard <laughs> no no i got murder back no matter what <laughs> but i will say my devil's advocate point of view is that coming from pico like you said we're in a gang this is what we do. Them niggas mm-hmm. disrespected. So I'm on go. I'm ready to rep my set. I'm ready to go in for the rest of the gang. You know what I'm saying? And you want me to sit down like a punk ass bitch. And I ain't even on that type of timing. You know what I'm saying? Because we got to walk down these streets in Chuckalisa. Mm-hmm. And when it get out that they signed us up in the club, they going to be checking like, nigga, what's Come on, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I will give, I will, as TSA, shoot Pico that type of bill. Like mm-hmm. he was doing what a young, spicy gang member should be doing. He's ready to defend their colors, mm-hmm. they set, they whatever. Mm-hmm. And Murdo was on some other bullshit that he didn't explain. Right. All right. That so I, that's the best I can do. <laughs> right, because I mean, his leg, his leg was shaking and shit. Like I was like, he was mad. He was mad. He right up. Swear up, you know. Do you think he was more mad at them son and murder, or mad, or more mad that murder walked away and didn't actually do nothing? You know what? Hmm. Or was he? Or was he more mad that murder didn't bring him with him? Well, I think going over there was just, it's just so happened Mercedes to happen to be over there because mm-hmm. it wasn't an intention to go, it go over the there. Yeah. He just wasn't really thinking after he tried to gaslight my baby, the Quan, like they'd be doing. So he, in that spur of the moment, was trying to get a plan together with the Quan. Yeah. Like, you better ask her yourself. So, because when you see him, when he comes from the DJ booth, he kind of looks over like, Okay, what I'm gonna say, where am I talk to her? Cause you mm-hmm. know, as far as Mercedes, this is trap trapper rapper that raps in cursive. Like that's this ain't no like I just easily go talk to her. They don't have the type of relationship. So he like, there she go. Okay, I'm gonna go talk and just right. goes over. Like he probably almost didn't even see Maine in them because all he's thinking about he, is yeah. I gotta get Mercedes to to dance to this song. And then went because if you saw when Maine was like Wait, he looking like oh shit, CFC. Yeah, CFC. he did. CFC. He did. I feel like he <laughs> he saw man because he stepped over that damn rope. You don't see that rope? You stepped over it. You saw that. Oh, niggas Quita over said there. that. Quita said in real life that would have been an ass whooping. Mm-hmm. Ass stepping over that rope like that. It was that. wild, mm-hmm. disrespectful. Where you going? It was. Uh, Mm-hmm. He did walk up a little aggressive too. He didn't just kind of walk up casually, like, hey, Mercedes, let me talk to you. He walked up like, hey, yo, Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, he did. He did. It was a it lot. Was, it was mm-hmm. very, it, it was wasn't very, much. It wasn't much. It was. Listen, Tia. <laughs> it should have been his ass for real. 
It was very way to Mississippi minute, wasn't it? It was. It was. Which takes us into our next segment. Yes, ma'am. It was very way to Mississippi minute. So besides that little moment, way to Mississippi minute, was there any other parts in the episode any other moments in the episode where you were like hold up wait a mississippi minute now i will say my way to mississippi minute last night maybe i'm wrong and i definitely want to ask our interviewer today our interviewee today um tamra davis because last night upon first watch i did not realize that that was a vision with uh Sadie's and the realtor mm-hmm. and Terika and the girls were dancing and mm-hmm. um and then it pans to Terika's face she makes that face then it goes to the trophy case and then there's nobody there and then it kind of goes to Sadie's and the realtor having that conversation now for me I was just like Oh my God, that was a vision for her of what that space would look like. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the timeline was like, wait, what? Wait a minute. What? I never noticed that until you said it. And for me, I'm like, wasn't that the case? Like everybody asking me, and I'm like, wait, am I crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I think like, I y'all jumped at me. I was like, wait. I didn't. Huh? Like, I think I noticed it, but I didn't. Every time I see the scene, Cause they're dancing by the trophy case. Right. And mm-hmm. then I like subconsciously, I remember it goes from them dancing to now mm-hmm. it's, it's like nothing in the building. It's mm-hmm. like basically yep. abandoned and then a trophy case. So subconsciously. Yeah. But like, when you said it, we like, huh, but like, it's, it's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, Tanika was like, what? Tanika was like, what? And and then, then I was at home going, wait. (laughs) Like last night, I was at home going, oh well, bitch, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I didn't see it. She had me questioning my mental. Like, okay, cool. So that was that was my that was my way to Mississippi minute. Like that whole scene. So that was actually good direction by Tamara, like just that whole moment. That was, that was good. Mm -hmm. So what about y'all? So my way to Mississippi minute is kind of a question because I don't know much about this, but my way to Mississippi minute was for Sinclair. I'm, I'm not sure why she, she's doing too much, not minding her business. She did a lot of crazy stuff as a realtor for me this episode, but I've never purchased like a business property. So is this normal for the realtor to be like, yeah, your uh your your business plan ain't working. That, that that's not it. You need to fix that. Like should she be asking, can you pay the more? Like, I don't understand what's happening here and if this is normal. I don't know. So in any of my purchases, I've never had a realtor ask me these type of questions. Mm-hmm. Now, and I don't know, like this is Checkley's a small town, but it seems like People don't be knowing people, though, even as small as it is. I think that was her way of maybe, like, trying to figure out if she can pay the mortgage. Like, mm-hmm. but she's doing it, like, all the wrong ways instead of, like, hey, can I get some pay stubs? <laughs> like, the stuff that right. normal people do. So she's asking her because she's probably thinking, 
Well, I don't know if they had a conversation because it really don't matter what Mercedes is buying it for. Like, right. it don't matter if it's a restaurant, a dance club, event space. It don't matter as long as she can pay the mortgage. So that's what I was like, because obviously Mercedes has the money, but like, are there other checks that imbalances besides <laughs> like, so what you using it for? Like, because as long as she can pay it, it don't matter what she using it for. So no, you're and not crazy. The realtor did a lot of crazy shit to me this episode. And if Mercedes said she was using it for something like Sinclair didn't think would be a good business, would she not get the property even if she had the money? Like, I don't, I'm not understanding the, the line of question. And why does it matter what she's using it for? I, I, I don't think realtors overtly do that, but mm -hmm. I'm sure that like covertly, if they don't like what a particular business represents or something like that, or they don't think it's a viable business, they may pick a different, like if she thinks the restaurant is more viable than a dance studio, I could see her picking the restaurant person over the dance studio, but <laughs> that's not something she would be overtly doing like in front of Sadie's. Right. <laughs> like that's something when you're looking at the applications, okay, this restaurant person has the money. This dance person has the money. I think this is a more viable business. So do you think that's why, because she called Mercedes down there to the property. Is that why she gave it to Patrice? Cause she thought maybe the church is a more viable business than whatever Mercedes was doing. Cause I was like, why would you call her down here to, to come bring the check and then give the business away to someone else? five minutes mm -hmm. before she got there well i didn't think that but now that you say that probably because i said that on timeline last night i was like you text her to midnight it's not midnight you why like why wouldn't you like let's say patrice you don't know they know each other but right. if patrice got there and it's like hey i want to buy it it should be well you got to wait till 1201 because my original buyer i gave her to midnight if she's not here by midnight it's yours but this whole transaction, this is where I think the realtor, now this is not my wait minute, a Mississippi minute, but this is where I think the realtor like was crazy because like you said, why even call her if you was like, if anybody could walk in off the street yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and buy it because you haven't had half the, the as much conversation, little conversation as you have with Mercedes about her financials, you've had even less with Patrice. Like, did Patrice come with papers? <laughs> like, what happened in this transaction? She didn't have no papers when she was getting her ass whooped, so I doubt it. <laughs> she did not. She did not. Girl, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Not even so much as a church pamphlet. <laughs> not a church pamphlet. <laughs> so, my way to Mississippi Minute, and I said it on the timeline last night. Um, I don't know why I just noticed it this time like that. Because, I've again, subconsciously, I've seen this so many times. But when Uncle was like, oh, this is my new little Trinity. And the way Sip was like, uh, we're a duo no. now, salt and pepper. <laughs> it was like, I don't yeah, know why it hit not. me like that. It was like, oh, no, we don't know that bitch. Mm -mm. She's not dancing with us. No, no, no. And it's just how quick it was. I don't know why it caught me, but that was my way to Mississippi. Moment, and and the way and the way that Gidget wasted two hours on Haley Savage. <laughs> Baby, that she was something so later, didn't she? Baby, that was so sad. I said that last night. I said, oh my God, Gidget wasted some real valuable skills dealing with that girl. She could not make it up that pole. I mean, it was just a waste of time for me. So, mm -hmm. okay. But you know what I noticed is, mm -hmm. you, I noticed why this was a waste of time. 
because Gidget says in order to flying is about trust. Right. And we can't trust Haley ragged ass and Haley can't yeah, trust nobody. Right. This bitch is never gonna fly. That's never. it. Yep. That's Peter it. Right came with Tinkerbell and the goddamn fairy dozen hands was still going. <laughs> That's hey, it, Doc. Oh, okay. that's it. But you, but you, but you know what's mm -hmm. so crazy is how eventually Mississippi and Haley in the end ended up being mm. like this. You know, mm. it was like it was like, girl, we a duo now, but baby, in the end, y'all was a duo. Do you think they was like this? I never. I, I just said, I think they was like this. I just said they were. I just said I'm just saying they were a duo. You know what I'm saying? Not that it worked out, but I'm just saying in the end, that's the person that was trying to help her. She didn't dismiss her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It Do didn't work. That Sip ever had a real problem with Haley? We know Mercedes and her didn't really get along, mm -hmm. but it seemed like Sip was pretty neutral. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. this new girl, and it's whatever. I mean, oh, except yeah. for when they were at the bail, the and uh -huh. like who invited her, but for the that, yeah. that's all I've really seen as far as sip. So I don't think she knew what to feel, so she didn't have like bad feelings when we get to season two. I agree. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like when a new girl comes to school and you just really don't have no feelings mm -hmm. about them. You just like, right. I mean, that what ain't a bestie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't a bestie. I ain't got no problem with her, but baby, she ain't invited to the some to the to the slumber party. She can't sit with us. Yeah, she they can't, but be. I ain't got no beef with her. I mean, oh, you man. know. So, mm -hmm. job. What's your What's your way to Mississippi minute? So, I'm struggling between you know two big moments, and I'm like, which way does which one really had me like? So, I'm gonna go with my original from like the first time I watched it. Mm -hmm. And my way to Mississippi minute happens when okay, so they come in, and and Murder's acting a little timid and everything. He come in and get up against the door, like I don't know what we're doing here. And then hey, girl. he just ran my sis into this goddamn table. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is this? Is <laughs> Why are you manhandling my good sis? <laughs> and he power slapped the ass and he's jerking her around. And we're up into this little murders against the door. Like, I don't know. How I got here, and then but that I don't know how I got here was real quick, like though, because it was, it was like quick. he looked out the dough, <laughs> he looked around, in, like I oh. was like, so oh, that's it. This my moment. <laughs> Me, you, and this jukebox. It's been a rumble. <laughs> what? Put that jukebox on the run. The squabble. Oh my god. <laughs> See, but that's how he found out what her favorite song was. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> the jukebox. <laughs> that jukebox, and it played automatically. It was like the core memory for that jukebox. I know what to play for my baby. That's mother. what I said. That's <laughs> how he knew it was up. That's how he knew in the, at the finale, baby. He knew right. what song to play and stand by that jukebox. And then when she was looking, and remember he, he was dancing with grandmother and uh, gave him eyes. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Ooh, murder is a sick motherfucker. I think on the timeline last night, for a few people, the way to Mississippi, way to Mississippi moment was 
I saw this question a few times. How the fuck Uncle Clifford know that little murder was still on the premises in the back? Like, you get kicked out the club. Don't you go the fuck home? You, you don't do. go sit and cry behind the club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so her aunt in that room <laughs> hosting, she doing her thug fizzle, you know what I'm saying? She here falling, crank down, and all of a sudden she her telepathy kick in, and she like, this nigga in the back. I think that, that she about. may have looked for him. She probably and was walking then, around a little yeah, she bit. Probably walked around because I don't know. Do you think she saw him fight? I was gonna and, ask. Do you, do you think she knew yeah. he got put out? But mm. when Diamond say something like, "Yo, it was a little situation in the main floor," like Diamond throw niggas out of there still, all the time. I had to get on the door and stuff. So I had to get probably... that cheap grill nigga up out of here. And I told you not to let him in. You know what I'm saying? Like cheap grill and criminal colors on. Cheap ass I know. grill. I know Diamond was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna whoop this ass off." Or I break your fucking Fine. mouth, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a Mississippi minute, because that was good. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, was it you, Tanika, that said you thought Wody would low-key high-key whoop Listen, Diamond's ass here? Wody, Wody hesitated at that door for a minute and gave Diamond a long He did. Run. And so. I didn't see Diamond beat nobody ass yet. So my money would have been on Wody. Oh, yeah, because Derek. Yeah. Well, oh, he was slamming niggas a little bit at, on, in 209, though. But he was one, clearing the flow. He was clearing the one it. head up fight we seen with Derek, it wasn't. Nah, he was, yeah, he was Derek gave him a look, though. <laughs> he was losing, but he I wasn't mean, winning. Quiet as it's kept, Big Bone kind of beat his ass outside the pink also. That's so. what yeah. I'm saying. He not yeah, as skilled yeah. as they make it out to be. And I so got can anybody feeling. fight at the pink? Like maybe he's anybody whoop anybody ass. Maybe he's more skilled with weapons than with his I weapons. agree. Yeah, because he was yeah. in the army. Yeah, yeah, right. and I think he can shoot a motherfucker up, but I think mm -hmm. Wody, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, the way he working with dead people, I think he can he can hit a motherfucker and kill him. Murder didn't get Shut put out. He chose to go outside. That's his club. Shut okay. up, Chunky. <laughs> From episode one on, Murder really did whatever the hell he wanted to do in his club. Like he, 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 he know where everything he is. Go where he wanna mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. Come busting in the kitchen, stepping over ropes. He do whatever that the hell he wanted to do. Crazy. You mm -hmm. right. You right about that. Well okay then child we got one more second so we gonna move on. Mm-hmm Hey, P-Valley family, make sure you're also tapping into our newest ARC Rewatch every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Details will be on both our Twitter and IG pages. Make sure you're following us and use hashtag Noah's Rewatch. Okay, so y'all already know, what does Unc call Mercedes? His what? Her what? I'm sorry, her what? The bottom bitch. The bottom bitch. <laughs> so, who do y'all think was the bottom bitch of episode 104? I guess I I'll start. Yeah, I'll let you start this time, Jack. I feel like the bottom bitch of this episode was that motherfucking jukebox, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that jukebox, hell is. 
down, okay? I was The jukebox is an inanimate object. I had not included the jukebox in my characters because I might have chose her if I had. <laughs> You know, okay, so I, I didn't gotta, know we were doing any jukebox or the desk. That's one. a good choice, though. I like that. Yeah, I, like I, that. Ain't I think it's the best choice. <laughs> that's, that's a good job. Well, all right, mm -hmm. you want me to come up with a person? Circle back. No, that's not. No, 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 no. Keep it at the jukebox. If y'all agree with me, yeah. I need to see that in the comments. Is the jukebox the bottom bitch of the episode? The Get your comments on. The bottom bitch. You're right. Oh, that's <laughs> a great one choice. of the other. They kind of tied up there. For you the said the bottom. That or what? But the I desk. The desk. Oh. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 We don't talk about. We don't talk about that desk enough. Us, mm. us little lace number when murder ripped Ooh. it. Yeah. <laughs> and that little stringy top, baby. He didn't, he didn't have to rip that little lace number he like did, that. He really tried he to get all her clothes off, like right. all of it. Hold on. I we know why she rip. couldn't do nothing but he put on that robe in the next one because <laughs> he tore up all her damn clothes. <laughs> Fucked out her wig and everything. But you know what? No, them shoes too, because them shoes held up. Huh? Them heels, them flat <laughs> them two together. No, but I think squabble she was in. But I think honestly, I think that whole scene just shows how much murder wanted good sis. Like mm -hmm. it like, really, yeah, it really, yeah, <laughs> he was hungry. He was hungry. <laughs> get them pork chops and them yams. Like, girl, <laughs> stop. I really like. Okay, I'm okay. I'm acting. You know right. he making. <laughs> but him making falling. Like I think, baby. I mean, baby boy really fell for good sis and did one had paradise even, room. Had even, yeah. had paradise room. One knob slob. <laughs> and we still right, and we still not clear about what exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what you're, I'm standing slob. by it. That's <laughs> what happened. Were slob. Like porn on the We don't. We still not clear on that. And baby murder was just waiting. So that whole scene just showed how much he craved my good sis. And we love that. We love that for her. Okay. Oh, child. Okay. So um, my bottom bitch, I feel like was uh, sippy. Uh, because I feel like it was just her time to shine. And she stepped up. Um, you know, so much emphasis was always put on Sadie's being the bottom bitch. And, and I feel like there's such, she has so much going on outside of the club and the club for her is freedom and just seeing her be able to spread her wings and with grace like that and her being able to finally enjoy the light. I feel like, yeah. She's my bottom bitch, like hands down. This episode, so. Mm -hmm. So I was torn mm -hmm. between 
Mississippi and murder for the bondage. Mm, okay. Mississippi started the episode to me in such a vulnerable place mm-hmm. with all the bullshit that that Freckles was over there talking. Mm. For her to end the episode kind of as Uncle Clifford's bottom bitch now, yes. you know, she's the she's the best uh, dancer in the club. She Her life is pretty much changed with this song and the way the audience react to it. I was really thinking about making her the bottom bitch, but Murder did a lot. A lot happened for Murder this episode. So Murder has to be my bottom bitch of the week. He finally <laughs> has a song that's not slaw. Thank God. He ain't no, never had no slaw. Here we go. Sit on my lap, gang. It was KFC slow. You know, it was a little sweet. It was good. Not too sweet. All right, I love you can eat KFC a couple slow. bites of KFC slaw, mm. but it's not. I feel like you're disrespecting KFC slaw because... Girl, KFC slaw is so good. Let's be for real. Yeah, I feel like, like you're being very disrespectful. You, you got choices. You're not really choosing KFC slaw. Well, I don't really like cold slaw, but I'll eat KFC cold slaw. It's nasty. It's the best. That makes sense. That's why we call it slaw. sit on my lap. (laughs) (laughs) If they're the same level of slaw. (laughs) Sit on my lap, gang. Help me out here. (laughs) What's happening? Y'all got to have my back. So I'm going to have to do a job, and I think I'm going to have to tie mine. Because I'm like... (laughs) Hold on. Y'all gonna get Come on. on Come on. That man. reminds me of the time Kendra said they got Slaw Avengers now. <laughs> <laughs> get off oh, my top. I cackled for a good few minutes on that one. I, I almost have to tie murder and sip because it's hard. So for me, I said on the timeline, the 180 sip did from like that sitting in the dressing room and telling uh, Mercedes, like, this is what you do. Only thing that I have is being pretty and being like, to me, completely dejected. Like, and you're like sitting there looking at this beautiful, gorgeous, Mm. doll-like woman and Mm -hmm. to see her, like Jiggy said, like so broken, so vulnerable, so just not seeing herself to go to actually have the courage. You know what? So I'm just going to make a sip to actually have the courage like to go in Mercedes place because the only people that spoke up was toy and her bubble guts ass. <laughs> and yeah. Everybody else looked like when it's like, who going to go on? They're like, not me, not me, not me. Yep. Toy. Like I got it. Oh wait, I don't. So for what we have seen up until this point with Miss Mississippi, for her to be like, I'll do it. Like to me, the type of courage that took for what I feel like the mental and emotional space she was in at that point, And then she went out there and killed it and has the wherewithal to go and take advantage of it with the social media. Because to me, I feel like she's scared to death doing all this, but she did it. So that has to be my bottom bitch because that Mm -hmm. 180 and just the courage to be like scared to death, like I know she was, but like, hey, nothing beats a failure but a try. Let's do it. Seriously. Mess up. I'm still finna dance tomorrow. I'm still gonna be on deck. Like I'm not gonna get fired. So mm-hmm. let's see. And then to yeah. again, totally capitalize on it, I thought, yeah, it was absolute perfection. Murder did some good stuff too, but like 
you know, and I love how he like when my good sis came out and was like, prove it then. I, I don't even know if she got thin out. Ready. Say less. I ain't heard no then, baby. And swaying them shoulders. You know, he had that shoulder. Oh my God. Behind her. And I said, wait, because I'm still trying to figure out what my good sis was saying. And all of a sudden, walking, I was like, oh, that's what she's saying. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was so quick. So, that might nudge murder up a little bit, but Sip got to take it for me this episode. I would say if I picked a person, I agree. Mississippi really gave it what needed to be gave because I was amazed when I saw her um, up on that pole. She was majestic. Mm. She was graceful. Yep. And she was just awe-inspiring in her moment. So most definitely. I yeah. have to agree with y'all on that. So my question is, uh, what was Toy finna do if she went out there and placed a Mercedes? Because she wasn't finna get up on no pole. With she her don't get on the pole. Ass. So what exactly is about to happen when you go out here? She was, we Y'all gotta get like, out Ooh, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> they was gonna throw some old weave at her like they threw it on the Clifford. <laughs> it was gonna be way wings all up and down the stage. Wee wings, lemon pepper wet. Y'all gotta like get off Toy's top. Leave my baby toy alone. They disrespected her mm-hmm. in this episode too with Freckles. They did. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and when he threw the money down and pick it up, uh-uh, we'll just get Toy to come get it. Wait, what? Wait a Mississippi minute. Why is Toy the gold money getter? What is happening right now? And it was like nothing. Like, yeah, yep. we'll just get Toy nothing. to go get it. So Let's go say like, <laughs> You made me think about something. They kind of treat, I want to say it's peanut butter. Is it peanut butter or is it uh, that they always like, 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 you ain't got no money. They kind of treat her like she oh. don't really be getting her coins. Oh. So I'm agree. How Toy wind up being the 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 money sweeper? Are they trying to they trying to say our good sis is borderline on the sweeper energy? Like, I, I think oh. the fact that she don't get on that pole. What they trying to say? Oh, I don't know. I think the fact that she doesn't get on the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, contributes to it because is she the only one? Because extra, extra does peanut she butter. She doesn't does, get on the pole, does. and she's considered a pink all star. So they probably like, how are you like in the group with us, and you like what you do and what we do ain't no kind of equivalent. Yep. Wow. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> like I'm sure that's how they feel. But I remember when I first saw that, I was like, wait, why toy the money getter? i was so shocked in the fall so they do they don't Mm -hmm. respect toys so maybe that's who should have been up there with gidget getting lessons yeah why they ain't told sis nothing in all this time i feel like she's afraid of heights she gotta be not afraid of heights (laughs) why you not on the pole like it has Mm -hmm. to be a legitimate reason for her not to be on the pole i feel like she's been in the club for some years so right you would have had to learn something in that time, gain some yeah. upper body strength to hold mm-hmm. yourself up on the pole. So yeah. it has to be a reason. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because she just don't bring in the money. You know, she just don't bring in the money like the other girls. So if you- Well, no, if you, you far no niggas laps, how you supposed to? Like what? He was far on them in there. They, Murder that came in there and told us this. 
The dude, the homeboy was like, yo. She on my nigga's lip, my nigga's lap last night. Like, so it's breaking wind. Mm-hmm. She eating people food. So oh if I would tip you a 20 and then you eat two of my wings. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a few dollars. You know what? She probably, she probably would have been gone a long time ago anywhere else. But because Unk like you know loves and want to take care that's why she in debt so much because mm-hmm. she just want to take care of everybody in the community and mm-hmm. anywhere else tar would have been gone by now she listening to her, her own rule you can't Ooh, save Lord, every home well she be shit. trying she be trying i don't understand what that means chunky why she might be the new girl before autumn She might be the oh, new girl. Oh, she might have been the new girl before. Oh, she the last one in. But I don't, okay. but I I don't like know because the way time, because the way they talk, mm-hmm. it really feels like Toy has been there for a long time. Like, I don't know. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like when Unc said, mm-hmm. yeah, get out of here, sickly bitch. Like... <laughs> Well, they've been there long enough to know her to stay in the toilet, and now she's sneezing all over every damn thing. How often do y'all think the paint gets new girls? Like when they that's do, the thing. Mm, I don't like. I, Toy might be the last girl in since autumn, but I feel like but that might be like years, years ago. Yeah, that yeah. might be years. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself because so we have a club here in Atlanta called Strokers that has an amateur night. But usually you'll see like one or two of the girls like in the club at some time late, like that one or something like that. But I don't, we never saw, except for Autumn, that's only because she asked. Like she asked and was like, hey, how do I work here? Because it seemed like they all just come do the booty battle, get their 50 ducats and a hot plate and go home. And no one's actually trying to work there. Maybe that's somebody's hustle. We go get our 50 ducats and a hot plate every week, but we don't actually want to dance at mm-hmm. the paint. But I don't feel like the paint gets a lot of new girls because the way that they have yeah. that audition around the corner, it don't seem like it's something that happens often. Maybe yeah. they just ain't got the skill level. Like they go in there and do they want to step. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Haley did not really do enough to be like, hell yeah, sign her up. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. them other girls know they, like, Haley's like, she a go-getter. I'm going to have to give her that. So she was like, yeah, I could barely pop my back, but I'm going to try to see if I can stay. Some other hoes that came in there, they was like, damn, we lost. So obviously I'm not good. Let me go and see if I could work down there at Taffy's or over there at Vail Bond or somebody. I still hate that we did not get to see Blue Strawberry, but that's neither here or there. You know um, what? I bet that, you Blue Strawberry was was working it. Yeah, you got, got the wrong names. Scroll, it's Blue Cinnamon. Blue Cinnamon, we're gonna, cinnamon we're and Strawberry and Alize. Yeah. I need to see Alize's <laughs> exactly. move. Exactly. Because they said the last girl with that name. Mm-mm. Yeah. Exactly. So I want to know what the, this girl did. You know? Exactly. But Guess what, everyone? Without further ado, our special guest has joined us. And so I, I'm I'm so excited about this because she is the director of 104, Miss Tamara Davis. And she is a critically acclaimed director. Um, thank you so much for coming to the show, Miss Tamara Davis. We really do appreciate it. 
I have been looking over your work and ma'am, I am just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you understand how much of a hip hop connoisseur I am. And when I saw Cha 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 by MC Light, I know I got to do that. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that is amazing. I don't. I was like, <laughs> not the iconic cha cha cha. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! All right. So welcome. So welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the you. show. Thank you welcome. so much. Thank you guys. How are y'all? We're, we're, we're great. We're great. So tell it. Tell the audience like about yourself a little bit. Introduce yourself. Well, I mean, I'm so grateful to be here because I loved my time at the pink. So I'm like, anytime I get an invitation to come to the pink or anything associated with the pink, I'm like, <laughs> count me in. I want to go. I wanna go. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I, I'm a director. I started doing music videos um, and then I did like a lot back in the day, you know, so it was like in the prime 90s, like whatever. And I had like some, I did like some kind of uh, pop, hip hop videos like um, Tone Loke, Wild Thing and Bust a Move and Funky Cole Medina mm. and like those kinds. But then I also got to work with NWA and I did um, the DOC videos and I made a short film with NWA and I did a- Man. Um, yeah, I know. I did, I worked with those guys a lot. That was pretty crazy. Uh I don't know. I, I did a I did CB4, which was kind of like a cult uh, classic. Cult mm -hmm. classic. Yeah, exactly. a parody of all the rap stuff that I'd been working on. Um yeah, and I did I did so I did movies after I did videos and I did um I did Billy Madison, CB4, Half Baked, Crossroads, Best, I don't know, just like it's wow. crazy. Like I made about at least 10 features. Mm -hmm. and then oh, I, just, I started wow. to do TV and I, I've been so grateful and lucky with all the TV shows wow. that I've done. Yeah, just, mm -hmm. I'm just like a great, I'm so grateful that I got the opportunities to work and the people that I got to work with is just, a lot of times mm -hmm. I do first time things. So yeah, my instinct and the people that I get excited to work with. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's very did impressive. You, did you start at film school? Did you I start did. there? Yeah, I went to film school. I went to like a little college here called LA City College. It was free. It was like or fifty dollars a semester. So it wasn't wow. Yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah, a semester. Yeah, because I was like I was I didn't grow up with money, and I I don't know. Mm. I went to the local city college, and I think it was really a good experience because all the people that were there were also just like regular people. So when I made films. I could play them in front of just regular folks and see what worked. And I knew who my audience was. It wasn't just like a bunch of, I don't know, like at that time it was, you know, my other choices were USC and UCLA. And I was just like, those are just like a bunch of, sorry to say like white dudes. I was like, I did not belong it is. there. I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I didn't belong there. I, they, I just didn't have a voice there. So the community college was awesome for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so i saw that you did a cooking show i was on youtube like looking for your interviews and things is the cooking show something that you did in order to get comfortable in front of the camera or to kind of learn how to be a director what was the motivation for that 
you know, I so I had done a lot of music videos and features, and then I was in my mid to late 30s, and I wanted to have a baby, and I hadn't had a baby yet. And so, like, man, when you're a woman and you're, like, pushing to getting close to 40, it's like, oh, my God, I better, like, figure this out. So I took time off, and I had kids with my husband at the time. And I was like, I had two kids and I was kind of at home and I was trying to still define myself as a filmmaker. And I thought it was the early days of the internet. And I, um, I, I was like, well, I'm cooking a lot at home and I'm really into nutrition and I don't know, I have all these good recipes. So I made like, and I shot it all myself. So I did like this during the day, I would film myself and with my kids and I'd make these um, like you know, whatever cooking shows. And then I would edit them at night and I would post them. And yeah, it was like super early days of the internet. So I was like, I had one of the first internet cooking shows and, and I wrote a cookbook and it became like, it was really popular, like millions of views back in the day. And I was on all the, it was just interesting, but it gave me a lot of experience in how to not only filming myself, which you can, if you ever watch it, you can see, like, I'm not one of those kind of people that's like on the camera being like, hello, welcome, you know, I, I'm not, <laughs> so it's very observational, but it, it gave me all this, um, it showed me how to film and how to just like get your camera out, set it up, make your shots. So like real filmmaker, girl filmmaker mm -hmm. skill. Um, and from that, when I tried to get back into filmmaking, which is really big. Like after having kids, like you basically have to reinvent yourself and try to get back in. Very and true. so I had happened to have all this footage that I shot years ago of an artist that was my best friend at the time, this guy named Jean-Michel Basquiat. It's like a painter who mm -hmm. amazing, like, you know, culturally like the best person ever. And so I'd made this documentary with him, but then when he died, I like kind of put it in my closet. And so at this time I thought, man, if I just like, take that footage out of my closet and just make a documentary. I, I had the confidence that I could just film it myself. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. So then I did a documentary and that kind of helped get me back into filmmaking again and get it, get my name out there and stuff like that. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you started out with music videos, then you went to film, then television. Did you just happen into music videos or was that like a plan because it was maybe a little easier to break into at the time than film and television? Yeah. You know, when I got out of film school, I had, I had like a lot of confidence. So, you know, I had like super confidence, but basically I was just like 23 years old or 24 years old. And at the time, this is like 35 years ago or more, um, I was basically like laughed at, like nobody was looking for a 24 year old girl director. Like it was just like, they thought I was ridiculous and it was kind of sad. And, but I had on that, this, like, I had my whole, like, you know, whatever, my whole proposal. And I was like, my script, this is like, and these are the bands that I want on my soundtrack. And um, I had made a music video for one of those bands. Cause it was kind of an unknown band. And I got called in from a record company and they were like, Hey, what's up with this video? Um, we, and I thought I was in trouble. And then instead they said, can we give you money? We want you to make a video for this band to look exactly like that. And I had, I'd been shooting in super eight because of my film school. So it had this like really that handheld shaky camera grainy style, but mm. at the time, in the music video world, nobody had seen anything like that. So I had a new style and, um, 
yeah, and I, I was able to break into the music video world as a young woman at that age because I had a cool look, you know, and um, and that look now, of course, every, you know, at the time, though, nobody wanted their films or videos to look like home movies. It was like, don't, make, you know, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and I came in like kind of handheld, edgy, like it punk rockish kind of style. And um, and then it became like a big style and a big look. And so I was able to use that and start to um, get a job and get accepted into a world that definitely was not open at the time to um, young women. Okay. Uh, so like a combination of both. You happened into it, but then saw it was like. Exactly. I happened into it only by default because I was basically, yeah, definitely shut out because of being who I was in the filmmaking world. And so in mu music videos was kind of still pretty new, you know, like, yeah, there were mm -hmm. the main dudes that did the big rock videos, but you know, there were all these like bands that nobody had ever heard of, but they needed videos, you know? And so I was able to kind of come in there and work and do all these videos for bands that I loved. And that's how things like, you know, MC light and, mm -hmm. and I did so many, um, like I have to look because I th I did 150. So sometimes I'll look back and be like, Oh my God, I don't even remember that. <laughs> it's like, mad. like I, yeah, it was like, I'm sure that's a crazy feeling. Like I yeah, did that. Really oh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you totally don't remember. You're like, Oh yeah. my God. Like just a vague memory comes back. You're like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause when I saw you did from a distance, Bette oh. Midler, Right. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I know really varied. Like I got to do an Etta James video or Lou Reed. Oh or my Taylor. God. Like I did like big, huge videos and also like super cool little videos. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I, it was really yeah. at the best time. And I kind of liked that I wasn't boxed into doing one style and I really tried so hard to do different styles so that I didn't mm -hmm. become like, well, she only does rap videos or she only does like mm -hmm. yeah. videos. I really tried to do different things because I listen to different music myself. The only thing that was required is I really, it's just the way I work. I, I seriously have to love the job. I I've found with myself, I can't do a job unless I really love like the people mm -hmm. and you okay. know, people I co collaborate with. Yeah, it has to be it's authentic. It's true love. No. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So is of the, the things that you've directed, the music videos, the television shows, and the movies, is there any one that you prefer? If you could only ever do one again, is there one no, that you would pick? There's in honesty, there's no difference. Like okay. my job is kind of the same. It doesn't matter what. Mm. what it is you know mm. when I go to work you know that's that's my position but my job is you know to really get the best performance out of the artist it could be a you know whether it's a right. whoever that is there's always a talent you know so it's mm. really my connection to the talent and making sure they feel comfortable and give their best performance mm. and also my ability to work with the crew and figure out like what their strengths are and how to talk with those people and how to, um, you know, move the set along and, you know, have a good schedule and a good plan. So mm -hmm. it's, it's honestly always, it's kind of this, it's the same thing. And it also doesn't even matter sometimes how much money you have. Like sometimes I have a lot of money and sometimes I don't have a lot of money, but you don't go into it thinking like, woohoo, now let's have, you know, milkshakes at lunch or something. Like it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It doesn't matter um, how hard it, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been pretty lucky to not even be holding in film because like your first film was Gun Crazy and then you went from Gun Crazy to CB4. And right. I was like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so as different as those are, what did those two, like as different as they were, what did you learn kind of equally from both of them being they were so close together? You know, they were so different. Gun Crazy was an indie movie. It was my first movie. I agreed to, you know, we, I made it in 23 days. Um, it starred a young Drew Barrymore. It was like, she was just kind of getting accepted back into the world again. Mm-hmm. Like at the time people really kind yep. of were like, whatever. She was like the Lindsay Lohan or whatever. She was like a bad girl at the time, but mm-hmm. she came and talked to me and I believed in her. And I was like, I want to, you know, I want to work with you. So Gun Crazy was like a real labor of love. And I shot it with my longtime DP, Lisa Rinsler. And just, it was like, yeah, it was like a indie film. And I got like a huge, it was on film festivals and indie circuit and really critically accepted. See, before it was, I, um, that it was, I had a, a relationship with Chris and Nelson George. I directed a couple of things for Chris Rock. I directed a PSA for him and a music video for him. And so Chris and I got along really well. And I knew Nelson George. Um, and uh, they brought me in on that. And that was a that was like a film at Universal originally. And even though it got distributed through Universal, we kind of made it like not through the studio. So it was kind of indie made, but distributed through Universal. And like, you know, that was like totally different. Like maybe the budget, I don't even know what the budget was. It was probably still under 10 million, but that was like quite different than Gun Crazy. But it was similar to all the stuff that I've done because it was, you know, it was like a mock documentary style and it it was a lot of musical performances. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I knew how to stage those musical performances. I knew how to do comedy in a sense because... I don't know. I kind of grew up with comedy. My grandfather was a comedy writer. So I had like comedy skills and just, I don't know. I, I, Chris and I got along so well. We just, I don't know. I just, we had, we just had a lot of fun making that. So it was very different though. So it was, you know, it was, I guess it was longer shoots, way more crew, um, way more cast and yeah, complicated, but still every day you had to still make the best of your day Mm -hmm. and, make sure yep. everybody's happy. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. But I so love how did you get over to Katori and P Valley? Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, for, with Katori's, I, I got the scripts. They sent, um, I was doing episodic, a lot of episodic television. I'll do pilots, but I was really kind of focused on um, episodic television because I had, my kids were at this time like teenagers, so I still didn't want to do a feature. I was like, man, doing a feature just takes way too much time out of my schedule for these kids. So um, episodic is faster for like a female. You could like be in and out of a show or a job in like two to three weeks. So you can do a job and then you can go back to being a mom. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But these are choices that I love to have as a woman. You know, I don't want anybody mm-hmm determine those choices for me. Like mm-hmm. if I want to work all the time, that should be my choice. If I don't want to work all the time, that should be my choice. 
I want to have a baby that should be my choice. If I don't want to have a baby that should be my okay, choice. exactly. <laughs> your choice, my choice. Yeah. So you know, for my choice as a working mom, I wanted to work and then not work, work, not work, so that when I didn't work, I would just be full time mom, and I really enjoyed that kind of schedule. So on, um, so I would get scripts in, and I read the script for her pilot, and she was an unknown. You know, it was just Katori Hall, Pussy Valley. It said. And I read it and I was like, oh, my God, who is this writer? And, you know, Katori Hall just, you know, nothing had been made. Nobody had shot any. It was like unknown. And I looked her up and I was like, whoa, she's legit. Like, she's a legit playwright. She mm-hmm. has like, you know, because I just was at first blown away by the writing. That's all you can go by as a director at that stage. So I read it and I was like. I would do anything to work with this woman. Like she's brilliant. So I would, I just, I said to my agents, I was like, I want to do this. I, you know, I don't care that she's never done a show before that she's never, you know, nothing. I was like, whoever this woman is, she's brilliant and a genius and I want to be part of it. And so um, I was so grateful that I did an interview with her and, she asked me like a billion questions, which I love. <laughs> you know, she was trying to learn the whole thing herself, which was really awesome. You know, so she didn't come on and be like, even though I don't know anything, I'm going to act like I know everything and like whatever, which I've seen people do. Instead, mm-hmm. she came on and she just wanted to ask a million questions and really, you know, try to figure out the process. And um, one of the things that I love to do is I really try to help young filmmakers or older filmmakers too, but I really try to help, um, especially women out, you know, in my job, because I have such experience. Um, it's, uh, you, it's really helpful to have somebody else to be there to like ask about or have mm-hmm. a question, mentor or help or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm kind of a woman that like, if you have a question, I will help you out as much as I can. It's really important to me to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. And, so I just, I loved working with Katori. I, I got the job and I just, I had the best time. Um, yeah, just to be able to be close with her and um, follow her process and and see how, um, it, and it was super early on because by the time I got up there, they had shot the pilot, but they were still working on it. They were still editing it and they had shot two episodes. The third one was shooting while I came up there and I was on the force. So it was like, it was really early on and mm-hmm. while they were trying to establish the show and the look and what the show was. And mm-hmm. uh, it was really fantastic to be early on in that procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, since you came into it so early, like, could you tell from being on set or just reading the script and being around it that it would kind of become kind of a culture shifting, must-see TV kind of thing that is starting to become now? You know, um, it's interesting because when, I mean, I felt that when I read it because I was like, there's nothing like this and there Mm -hmm. needs to be something like this because I know that audience exists. I had done this show. I don't know if any of you guys had ever seen it, but I was the the producer director on it. So I did four years on this show called Single Ladies. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was there. An episode or two. Uh, <laughs> or all of them. Yes. I was there. I was there for that show. But you know, the audience loved that show. And you know, it was it really it, it was, you know, it was I saw that there's an audience there and a lot of networks and they weren't 
making shows for this audience. And it really upset me because it, there really is a huge audience there. And it was nice to be able to make a show that speaks to that audience in their voice with people that they can identify with and, you know, kind of a show that focused on women, but also in, you know, in the South and really also shows the combination of your, their worlds and how music combines in their worlds as well, music and fashion and whatever. And the camaraderie of the girls was really interesting to me. So, so I had like history from that, which I loved. And so, you know, when I came on the show, um, I, you know, I have to say like, it was a little bit I think they were struggling a bit because it was a really complicated show. It was really challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not only all the, you know, the, the look that they were creating, um, but all the different actors, all the different experience of the actors. And um, yeah, it was just what, and the schedule was crazy. So anybody that had never worked on television before, mm -hmm. like it was beast. It was really, really yeah. hard. And um and I knew, you know, so I don't know. So when I came on, I could see that the crew, they were, they were behind and they were kind of struggling. And I think they had a couple of directors before me that didn't um, fulfill Katori's vision or, you know, work with the crew the way that I thought that, it, you know, whatever, the way, treat the crew the way they should be treated or whatever. And so when I came on, part of what I love to do is just observe and sit back and listen and listen to Katori and listen to the crew and try to figure out what, what could, I could bring, what could they need that um, I could also help with. So I think that that was, that was a big part of it. And um, yeah, so I think that to me, even though like the moment you walk, what I also talk about a lot, the moment I walked into Katori's office the first time she, her vision for the show was so clear. Her entire office was plastered with images that is exactly what the show looks like now. So she had such wow. a clear vision of exactly what she wanted the show to look like the details, the close-ups, the colors, the look that it was like, she her vision was really clear so i so it wasn't like oh this woman doesn't know what she's doing she really knew what she wanted and so it was it was more about trying to make sure she got what she wanted and that feel and that look and that and to do it in the schedule which was the challenge and so um i don't know so i think like that was that to me was the real exciting part and my episode was so fun but it was complicated you know i had huge musical numbers and i had fight sequences and i had like mm -hmm. this was a really big episode <laughs> and i was like huge. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i loved it and we completed on time and we even shot stuff for other episodes we just had the best time and um yeah, they, and it was also something that I was able to come on and show everybody that the crew, the crew was great. It wasn't like, oh, you don't have a good crew. The crew knew exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. so the vision and the director and the, the collaboration with Katori mm -hmm. and, and like by the end of my episode, yeah, they were right on schedule and we did a great job and the episode turned out great. And it, it's really helpful to, for, and it gives the crew also a lot of confidence to feel like, oh, you know, we, we do know what we're doing. You know, we, we are professionals. We can get the job done in the time that we need. We just need, needed somebody in there that had a really clear vision. Mm -hmm. 
So um, were there people in your immediate circles that were maybe telling you not to do it because this is someone that's never done television before? This is a crew maybe that's never worked before. Were there people telling you, I don't know if I would take that chance? No, I mean, I'm so grateful that I, a while ago, I left all the big agencies. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be at UTA or CAA or any of those. Mm -hmm. things. I have like different weird ways that I like to work. I don't like somebody to tell me something like that. If I like it, I want a crew and a team around me that um, supports that because I do weird things. I'll do different kinds of jobs. <laughs> if I get inspired, I'm like, oh my God, I want to work with this person. Um, yeah. So I were, I am with an agency called Verve and they, if I like something, they'll 100% support it. So okay. that was, that was, so it's really more my risk, you know, of like, oh, do you want to go on a set that's this complicated and um, work with somebody that's never done this before? One, one thing that she had on her set that was, I, I knew her production designer. I worked with him before that guy, Jeffrey, and um, yeah, Jeffrey Pratt Gordon mm -hmm. and I worked together and I love him. And I just was like, oh, I know that my sets are going to if you go on that show, like Jeffrey is going to like turn it up on those sets. Like he's he did the wire, you know, like he knows how to go deep and really textured. Oh, OK. And, um, yeah. So I got to work with him. And uh, I think I, I think I worked with him on Single Ladies. That's how I knew him. I'm trying to think out what other jobs I worked with him on. But I saw his name on the crew list, and I was like, yes. And I also knew Richard, the DP. And on my episode, I was oh my like, god, so good, so amazing. Yeah, oh, Richard is just absolutely amazing. Oh, his vision, the colors with him, the colors, and and Richard and I just like got along like this, and we were we knew that we could do it. We were just like, we got this. And yeah. So, yeah. So I think like, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't have anybody say like, Oh, don't do it. It was more like, yeah, this is, this is cool. It's like a little show. It wasn't like, Oh, this is a big prestige thing. It was more like, I'm sure this sounds cool. You know, mm -hmm. this is interesting writer. If you're interested, we would love you. Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love yeah. that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. So, so the talk on Twitter for me, like last night we rewatched the episode and I go through tweets and look at what people are saying about the episode. And the talk very much about this episode was the directing and the photography. Oh, so like, um, how do, how do you and the DP come to like, make it look like something like we've never seen, like some of the visuals of this episode, I'm not sure I've seen anything that looked like that on television before. I watched mm -hmm. this episode. How do you get there? What is the relationship and the communication like between the two of you to get to that? You know, you know, obviously here's where it started is it started with me really listening to Katori because that's that vision is hers. Like those images come from Katori. Like I looked at her wall. I listened to her vision and um, and, you know, what an incredible set and the locations and the actors. So, you know, I, and I, I don't know, I just, for myself, like if I can push the imagery, if you let me do that, they, they let me as well. So I got to really come up with like beautiful, like, you know, like widen it out, bring a scope, like really, you know, see this, see how this world looks. And also just, 
you know, it, it's really random, but right before I did this, sometimes I like working with contrasts. When you see contrast, mm -hmm. it helps you define the differences. And so, um, and really lean into what is unique and different about something, especially if you see the contrast. Like sometimes you don't know what black is unless you've been white or, you know, where mm -hmm. white is. You know, what's the, you know, you can't see nature unless you've been inside a white room. You know, it's like, where, mm -hmm. how do you see the contrast of stuff? And, um, and right before the show, I had directed the pilot and the first three episodes of High School Musical, the series, mm -hmm. which is like the most opposite show you could probably direct, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was you like, got a habit of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the position. <laughs> yeah, it was like I was watching like little kids singing and dancing and stuff and like super cute, clean cut, you know. Um, and so I went from that to flying from Ute, Salt Lake City, Utah to Atlanta and then arriving on the set at Pea Valley. And I was in shock. I was like, oh, my God. First of all, I couldn't see a thing. I walked in there. It was like so dark. My eyes were like, I, you, I couldn't see a thing. I was like, what is going on in here? Like, I can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and like even to watch the show you have to be in a it's dark, dark room it's dark mm -hmm. it's dark thing my eyes have to adjust my eyes have to adjust and then everybody started speaking and i was like <laughs> what are they saying i couldn't understand a word anybody was saying i was like i had to look at the script because i was like and I felt like I was listening to Shakespeare because when you do a Shakespeare, whenever you like watch a Shakespeare play or like go to Shakespeare, mm -hmm. you don't understand anything for like the first like five, 10 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. what are, they're speaking in another language. I don't get it. And then after a while, you, your ear starts to adjust and you start to hear mm -hmm. the words and you get it. But at first I was like, oh my God, I can't say anything. I can't hear. I was like, I am. And, but I think in, in that, in that contrast of dipping into that world and seeing like a totally different world. Like I, I have a photo of myself, like just standing in a hallway and Mercedes um, is walking away from me and it's just her ass in the hallway. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just her ass. I was like, that's it. Like, this is the show is like that. Mm -hmm. And so like, even in the show, I got to do that great shot of her ass. And I was like, I want, I know that ass. Like that is the <laughs> ass I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and you realize that that's important, you know, like that yeah, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so, and embracing that and understanding that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like I have to say, like it, it takes it took me back to the ladies that um yeah, that I had that there was a moment with um okay, wait, wait, I gotta get my single it's who is it? It's a uh, Keisha, okay, but her real Lisa Ray. Okay. Lisa Ray, yeah, I was fixing it. yeah, Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray, mm -hmm. who back before this show was mm -hmm. legendary for having like the best asses in the world. Like she mm -hmm. was she had a pair, of, she had jeans, she was like Mm -hmm. Every picture I saw of Lisa Ray was like this incredible shot of her butt. 
And then there was a time I was shooting a, a sex scene with her, like a love making scene in the show. And usually you have to like, it's only me usually in a room and I have to like crouch mm. behind her or whatever. And there was like one time I had to come around to get to my room and I had to open a door and I opened the door and she's like on the bed, hands and knees. And, uh, you know, and she looks back over her shoulder at me. And so I had the view that a guy would get. And I was like, oh, my God, I get it. I get it. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, light bulb moment. I was like, oh, yeah. This <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. And I back into my little corner, like behind where, you know, to direct. And I was like. I get it. I get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, okay. On Listen, Tamara, on that note, because <laughs> her ass, I think, we'll yeah. take a, I think we'll take a little pause, a yeah. little break. For a little sponsor. Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, Pink Posse, make sure you're tapping into Pink Sunday Radio every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Follow us on all of our platforms so you never miss an episode. Oh my goodness. That was yeah. so hilarious. Um, okay, so John, you wanted to ask a question. I feel like I want to ask my question a little bit later because we're having we just got to that good fun part. <laughs> just fine. You know what? I got wait. No, I just thought of it. Okay, because okay, I got okay. a serious question that was gonna get yeah. us down into some serious stuff. But let me come yeah. back to this. So I was like to say, what was your favorite moment to work on in 104? Like, did you have was this something that was just you know? She had so many amazing moments that were so juicy in there for me. But I have to say that there were two big moments that really mean meant a lot to me. One was the incredible sequence of Mississippi dancing, like creating that sequence, because I think it was one of the big dance moments in the show that really mm -hmm. like you know, kind of showed the athleticism, the art, mm -hmm. her view, what she felt you know, from her perspective um, and creating that dance sequence, which involved four performers, you know, it wasn't just, you know, wow. really complicated. So I had to really work that at like an action sequence out because there's, you know, there's her, there's her double, there's her, you know, there's the stunt woman and then there's a dance, you know, so there's like, it was complicated. Yeah. So yeah. there's different people playing, you know, but mm. it all obviously looks like her. So wow. that, putting that together was really complicated and beautiful. And I was really proud with how it came out. Mm -hmm. And my other most favorite moment has to be, um, what's Alphonse, what's his name in the oh show? Oh my God, Murder. Little Murder. 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 Oh. oh my God, Little Murder and his performance. And especially his performance out on the street was just, just he killed me. Like mm -hmm. his yeah. acting, like, I just, I just lost it. I was like, dude, you are such a talented actor. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're one of the most incredible actors I've ever worked with. Like mm -hmm. he went deep and I know yeah. it was, it was interesting because it was an early episode and I, you know, and I know with him that he was playing a gay man and he wasn't gay. And so it was really um, like, he had to be, he had to really trust 
myself and Katori and, you know, to really go there. And um, I just, I just thought his performance was insane. Mm-hmm. And like, so that his, to be able to work with him and get that performance mm-hmm. in those early days from him where he mm-hmm. had to break through and be mm-hmm. okay with playing that character mm-hmm. to the authenticity that he brought mm-hmm. to it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and understand that he was doing something that was really hard for him yeah. and, um, and, and, and try to make it, make it, uh, make him feel that where he was going was incredible because he is an incredible actor and really yeah. professional. Mm-hmm. So that was also huge for me. I think that yeah. was, that's kind of like sort of a segue into my question. Like, mm-hmm. With the director's treatment of an episode, do you take each cam? I mean, each character and break down their treatment. You talk about Alphonse and the character yeah. of Murda, and you yeah. knew where that storyline was going. Like, yeah. how do you break down his that m- m- monumental scene? Yeah. I mean, because like you said, you know. He's not in, in real life, but you know where you have to go. Like, how yeah. is what treatment plan do you have? You know, it's at it, it all in all honesty, because when you're working on a TV show, everything is all broken up. It's not like, oh, you mm-hmm. shoot it in sequence. So mm-hmm. you, I, right. I don't remember when we shot things, but I mean, I'm hoping we didn't shoot their sex scene before we shot some of those other scenes. But right. like. You, you, it might have been all mixed up, so you really have to open it up and mm-hmm. you know, be able to go different places, like in the afternoon. You'd be like, "Oh, in the morning we shot this, but in the afternoon we're going here." Right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really challenging, and you know, I think like for me, I really try to do as much preparation as possible on mm-hmm. the technical side, as mm-hmm. far as like where I put my camera because that determines how the lighting works and how a Richard does the lighting and mm. what angles I'm going to shoot and things like that. So I really try to get all of that is taken care of before the day that we're shooting. So, mm. you know, like knowing that we're going to track with him up that line where he's acting really gangster style, where he has that, like his bravado with his guys, like, you know, how he feels that character part of him, you know, and, and knowing that, you know, that when he sees Uncle Clifford at the at the door, how to play that those moments, you know, like every one of those moments, you mm-hmm. have opportunities to know where a character is, but mm-hmm. what the underlying things are. And um, and when you get to work with professionals, they really like that you're aware of that and you're aware right. of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that was actually the first time he did that thing. You know, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, it was the first time. Oh my God. And I was like, what's that? What's that? What's that? You know, so, but making sure he knows that he could do weird things like that, not weird, but little things like that. Yeah. Character and make him who he is and, and be like, yeah, what was that? That was crazy. I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Like, that's so cool. Do that again. Like, what is that? You know, like, yeah. I noticed that. I see you. I see mm-hmm. that you did yeah. something that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's unique. Let's do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. He, he see. He feels heard. He feels seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, she knows that. She knows that 
Nobody else does that. That's me. So, mm. you know, doing all those little moments and get him to that place. So I feel like when you work with an actor that, that does that, you can really play with, play with them. It's like having an athlete, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know you're like, okay, we're going to try this step, you know, or we're going to try this move, you know, and, and when they're really good at what they do, they'll, they'll do those steps with you. And, um, you know, you have to be a good teacher to get them to go there and they have to really mm-hmm. trust you. And if you can do that, um, you can take them to those places. Uh, yeah. So I, I just was really grateful. And I, I think also Katori, cause it was early on, she was there a lot with me in some of those sensitive scenes or she would pop in and, you know, give me the thumbs up and be like, okay, where I want to, that's what I want to do. But, you know, she was also really busy in the edit room a lot of times, but um, yeah, yeah. She, it, th- those were awesome. And also, you know, uncle Clifford, you know, he was so good and also so professional and yeah. he had such history with Katori as well with yeah. all the plays yeah. and work that mm-hmm. they did together. So I felt like it felt like a safe environment, you know, with yeah. Richard and I, and, you know, like, I feel like, it was safe. And we, mm-hmm. we yeah. also, all the crew goes away when we do things like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's really important to make sure that you, um, yeah, you feel like you feel safe. It's really mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. So Tamara, we have some interview questions. Oh. A couple. <laughs> yeah. A couple, because, you know, pink posse, yeah, loves, loves when we bring on guests, so they definitely want to uh, give a little their opinions. So I think we'll have the first one. Hi, Tamara. My question is concerning the mm-hmm. writer strike and the DGA negotiations. Uh, there's rumors that the DGA could cut a sweetheart deal. If they were to do that, do you feel that that could undercut the WGA? or possibly cause friction between the two unions. So interesting. You know, um, I feel like the, the, the things that the directors want are, that's kind of their own thing, you know, and I don't, I think, I think that where the directors and I'm not part of the negotiations or anything, so I don't really know, but Mm -hmm. the only thing I heard is they really want to let the writers go first and make sure the writers are getting all the things that they want or like make sure the writers are getting their demands met. Um, But I do know that the directors have been negotiating with the producers and um, you know, and there's certain things that they're trying to get and, you know, and but I, I really don't feel like it's, it's a, I think it's different stuff. I think like they're trying to get another day for a one hour, which on this show, that would have been so helpful because, right. You know, also because Tori really, I have no, you know, uh, first season, I think she did second season. She wanted to hire only women, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. But in hiring only women, she got a lot of women that didn't have, a lot of experience, which was really challenging. Mm-hmm. And so to do that kind of a schedule um, w- would have really mm-hmm. helped a lot of these young women out or p- women that didn't have that amount of experience. Um, giving them an extra day would have been really helpful. Mm-hmm. 
because the thing is, is it's, it is a job that you experience really, really helps. And unless we get these women and these diverse women and diverse people in front of the, you know, in these positions, mm -hmm. that experience. And mm -hmm. once they get that experience, if we put them in situations that make it almost impossible, they're not going to work again. And so yeah. to me, yeah. that's really important. And that's something mm -hmm. that I you know, think is really important for, um, create, you know, making sure that there's this new group of people that kind of come up after all the what's happened. In the past. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because this morning it came out that Directors Guild reaches tentative deal with studios and streamers. So and we got that question yesterday and then this right. happened today. Yeah. So it's like, that's crazy. So thank yeah. you so much for adding your um, sense yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah. I think some of it's similar. I think, in, you know, in all honesty, I know that in the beginning, we all made these DGA and WA deals where, and the streamers were like, oh, we're just like these little side things. Like we're mm -hmm. just, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and all the money, if you did a network show, like that's where the money came from. And, um, you know, and that's why a lot of directors really just tried to only do network um, shows because you would get so much more pay, but um, putting more pay into the streamers is going to really help out because obviously they're making a ton of money, but it also puts more, it puts more talent into kind of more mm -hmm. shows. And I think that I that's really important. I agree. So we have another question by Pink Posse member, George. See, this is George. A uh, question for director Davis. The scene with Uncle Clifford and Little Murder is so realistic and so intimate. How in the world was that even blocked? Was it yeah. rehearsed? Was it scripted as shot? Was it made up along the way? It was so realistic, especially the scene with the spits. That what was it like to film and to create that scene? And how long did it actually take? Thank you. Um, that was a really intense scene. It was, that was a really, it's, a, you know, anytime you're doing a love scene or, you know, these kinds of intimacy scenes, um, you know, they're really, it's, you know, they're, it's really important for me that the people involved feel very heard and safe. Mm -hmm. I, in shows like Single Ladies, or I did another show called Hit the Floor, and like I did a lot of shows where, and I did a show called Star. Yes. Amazing. So I got to work a lot of times with young women, and and they and doing love scenes with these young women. I wanted them to feel that there was a voice behind the camera that supported them, protected them, mm -hmm. and. They felt ever weird or anything. They could always come to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I learned a lot from that. And I really wanted to make sure that Alphonse Little Murder felt safe in that scene. Mm -hmm. because it was a really awkward scene for him. And um, and I wanted to make sure he felt safe down to like I, there was I remember I took it from an episode of Star. Mm -hmm. Girls, she was doing a, a love scene in there and she came privately to me and she was like, you know, um, Tamara, when he's on top of me, could you please tell him to wear a cup? Because I can feel his junk hitting against me in this scene. And it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Oh, okay. And I was like, thank you for telling me that. And I, I took the wardrobe person and, you know, made, nobody knew what was going on. The dude mm -hmm. 
the back, you put a cup on, he went back to the scene and shot it. And she felt heard, she felt protected, mm -hmm. had a voice there. And so I made sure that Uncle Clifford had a, a cup on to make sure that, you know, and also Little Murder, you know, I made sure they felt that they had protection on so they so that they felt comfortable with that. The other thing was in blocking that scene, I block love scenes. It's all blocked beforehand, like a dance. So I right. had all of that worked out. I knew I wanted that jukebox scene because I knew the lighting there would be freaking amazing, you know, yes. like really cool looking. So I was like, oh, that looks really good. The spit came from Alphonse, little murder. He, that was from him. He, he had that idea. He's like, what can I spit on? like spit down like that. I was like, hell yeah. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So he came up with that. So, you know, it's like, and that's when, you know, like when they can add things that they feel comfortable with, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Came up with Probably the research to rip the fishnets. He's like, no, you're not going <laughs> to rip them. And I was you like, you better work out. Oh, he knows what we love him. Alphonse was cool with that. I was like, are you okay with that? Are you okay doing that? Is that mm -hmm. going to be okay? You know what I'm saying? So yep. each of those yeah. moments are discussed, talked about, mm -hmm. listened to. I love heard. that. Yeah. And so that both of those performers felt heard, listened to, contribute. Like if you're, it's like, like, you know, I, I compare it a lot to dancing. Cause it's like, if, if you're working with a professional dancer and you tell them a step and they're like, Hey, what if I add this? Mm -hmm. like, yes. That, and then it becomes, it starts to get more real and real because yes. you yep. give them the general idea and mm -hmm. then start to fill it in with things that make it like, feel good to them. And you're, and I'm open and listening. I'm not saying this is exactly what you do. This is a general idea. I feel like mm -hmm. you guys go in here and then uh, take it over here to the desk. Cause I got a camera set up here and I want this angle and this angle, and this will be lower than the frame. So I won't know really what's going on. Mm -hmm. All that is prearranged and designed and wow. it's, it's not, Hey, let's go in the room and see what happens. It was like, <laughs> really, you know, blocked yeah. out, but I, I still, I probably only had like, I don't know, maybe three hours to shoot that scene. Like it was not, it was fast, you know, and I'm shooting different. Every time you shoot in a direction, it's like an hour. Because, you know, all the cameras mm -hmm. and all that, yeah. you yeah. turn the set, you rebuild wow. it, and you all have to shoot everything. And so it's like it takes an hour, basically, each drive wow. you film in. So mm -hmm. I had to really plan out. I only had like a couple directions, and then it's into the close-ups. And I had a couple cameras in there and uh, and just, yeah, cleared that mm -hmm. set away. And that was also Katori. I, when she showed it to me cut mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. I honestly, I started crying when I saw this scene because I just was so moved. Her mm. inner cutting the dance, I was like, "Whoa, that that was that was done in the editor yeah. was not that way in the script or in my director's cut." Mm -hmm. She showed me what she did and how she took that action and kept cutting back. Mm -hmm. into I was like, "What?" So I I just was so to me, I thought like. I, I gave her all this amazing stuff in the performances mm -hmm. and really Katori creates a show out of that, you know, wow. 
um, it was so beautiful to see what she was inspired by. Wow. I love that so much. And I just want to thank you, Tamara, for joining us today. Like, of course, I am full <laughs> and then satisfied with everything. I just appreciate you so much. Please tell us any upcoming projects you have. Let the people know where the after party coming. You know that TV show After Party. Oh my God! On oh, Star, I love Star. that show. It's on yes. Apple TV. Yeah, I got to work with yep. Tiffany Haddish, which yes. is my favorite. Like I was like, she and did I, an incredible I, job in that. Oh, she's so good. And on this one, I got to do her. I did two episodes. I did her standalone episode, so I got to really work with her, and that was amazing. And then I did the finale, and that's was incredible as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, the actors on that show are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I have that coming. I think that comes out in July. Okay. Okay. And any socials? Because you're not anywhere. You're on. You're on Instagram. Anywhere else? No, I just like here and there. I'm not here there. on socials yet. Yeah, I let you guys do that stuff. I'm like, okay. I don't really promote myself as much as like. Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful that I get to work with these incredibly talented people, and I'm yeah. just like, I still yeah. follow everybody on it because I love, like, yeah. I love all yeah. their. Yeah, I just I love all the people that I got to work with on that show. I love that. That. Yeah, like Brandy is like, yeah, she oh. and I go way back because you know we're old like Los Angeles people, and mm -hmm. while I, yeah, I just yeah, she's insane. I love her. Yeah, she did give um when we were promoting, she did say mm -hmm. that she she yeah. loves you. So just to let you know, she oh. did say <laughs> that she loves you. Yes. Thank you. I, I think yeah, she was yeah, that was incredible. That fight scene with her mom and like oh my god. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Like yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so. that church stuff. I mean, that episode mm -hmm. was insane. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Whenever I rewatch this episode, I'm always like, so much happens. A lot happens. Yeah. From it's and like you said, like even before you said today, I, every time I watch, it, I'm like, there's so like these scenes to shoot in an episode of a television know, show. All of episode. these different elements, and every time I watch it, I was like, I know directing that had to be bonkers. A lot. <laughs> and then I recreated the whole flood thing. That's the, mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. the pilot. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that didn't exist. Like that oh, whole art. Oh, oh. And I was like, uh, where'd she get all this stuff from? Like like an old stream. And we made mm -hmm. a whole um with the suitcase and the whole thing. Yeah, yep. we created that that whole thing. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Well, before I close this out, I know Ja had one last question for yes. you. Oh, <laughs> y'all know me. Y'all bear with me. So we were talking about the other scene and we we're talking about the, cre you know, some of this was like, you know, I think this is a great idea. So we've all talked about the ass slap moment. We wanted, to <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. I was like, you know what? I'm glad we moved along, but yeah, I brought it up. So was that kind of like another kind of thing? Like, I think this is where this will go. Was it supposed to be that hard? Like, is it only just that hard to us? Is that the sound effects? Like, we really have a good time on the timeline with that scene in general, mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. we were like, 
you know, that was like, wow. That's, that's, <laughs> I was like, are you like, and that's also those moments that you're like, do I have to say like, do I have to cut and be like, are you okay with that? Like he just did that. Yeah. Oh, so was I, it an like, actual okay. slap? Yeah. Because huh? it kind of looked like Uncle Cleveland was like, no, wait. That's what we always say. And Tia would say, wait a minute. That's like, that just, it doesn't say slap his ass. That just, you know So that I mean? was, I told y'all it was improv. You said that. <laughs> I said it was no way that could be yeah. improv. Yes. I don't remember, but I do remember sitting there listening, going, going oh, no. Like, do I, need to, do I need to cut and be like, like, are you okay with that? Like, I don't know. Like, cause all those things should be discussed beforehand, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. going to slap you. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays, I think they had it or maybe they didn't, but nowadays, like, cause I've shot intimacies since then you have to, they have intimacy coordinators and I'm right. sure they have them on there, but that's right. something that you're discussed with an intimacy coordinator. So he might have said, like, I'm going to give you a light slap or something. And I'm sure Katori added to it. But like that, you know, they're they're in the moment. You know, that has to mm-hmm. feel authentic. Yeah. And they're acting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but they're okay, so like in the moment. And it was perfect, to be it honest. Was. Like, it, it just, it's the highlight of the scene for me. It's yeah. The highlight <laughs> is most of the stuff that we point out, the ass slap, the spits, the tearing. Like, these mm-hmm. are things. Every time we watch you talk about, so the fact that Nico and Alphonse literally came up with those. That's perfect. Their yeah. chemistry on camera is insane. Insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like that was, when you work on shows, I've done a couple of shows where I've done like in the first episodes, you have an opportunity then to really work with the actors and it all starts to really come together by then. It's like mm-hmm. the first episodes, sorry. The first episodes are really like hard at first, like, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, um, you know, they're trying to find who their character is and things mm-hmm. like that. And I feel like by the time you get to the third or fourth episode, people have it down a bit more. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank we you. are so Thank happy. You. This is better than I can imagine. I know. Watching it last night, everything was so fresh. So I'm going to close this out. I'm Tia. Many oh, is Max on so Twitter. Much, guys. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. Day. Bye. 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 So I'm going to close this out. I'm Tia, Minius Max <laughs> on Twitter and Tia down in the Valley on Instagram. Um, make sure that you are looking at our Twitter because that's where everything comes first. But have those notifications on because these episodes are live and you don't want to miss it. Ja, what you got? All right. I am Ja underscore the underscore goddess on Instagram. Ja the goddess, all one word on Twitter. And keep your FBI eyes open. We know you saw the ad earlier you're doing um, Noah's Ark bonus content, and that pops up roughly around Thursday, Friday-ish. So be on the lookout. Tanika? I am at your girl Jiggy on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me over there if you don't already. You can also follow Pink Sunday Radio on Instagram. If you're looking for those bonus episodes that Ja was just talking about, you can find those on pinksundayradio.com. Um, while you're on, that takes you to Apple Podcasts. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave us a five star written review, we would really appreciate it. Um, if you're watching this live right now on YouTube, we would really appreciate if you follow us on subscribe. I think it's called on YouTube and <laughs> turn that notification <laughs> bell on 
so you don't yeah. miss any of these lives. Uh, Koji, what do you got to tell them? Um, I'm on IG and Twitter, Koji underscore mama. We're also, well, I was going to say Twitch. Okay. But we're streaming live on Twitch, but you can also follow us at TikTok. We're going to put new content on there. We do have a website, pinksunday.com. And we just want to thank you guys for coming. Pink Sunday Radio.